Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by Hey, what's up? I'll let your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And on this, the fourth and final week of Bootober. Bootober! Our annual exploration of all things supernatural, monstery, and generally Halloween-y. <laughs> we have a bit of a twofer. We have a bit of a twofer. The main event will be the film Vamp from 1986. A mm-hmm. bit of a cult classic, and for our purposes, starring one Grace Jones. And then for some reason, which I guess Lynn's going to let us know, we're also watching the short film Captain EO. Starring Michael Jackson and Angelica Houston, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and written by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. See? See? There's pedigree behind this. But before we get to all of that... <laughs> before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you, each and every one of you out there watching us streaming live on YouTube, as well as on Facebook, and all of you chiming in on the... The chat line, uh, Robert Monroe, Aaron Fry, Deborah Battle, Bree Bree 517. Um, shout out to each and every one of you out there. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. As we uh, come to a close with Bootober, we got emails, Vincent. Ah, missives from the missionaries. Yes, we got an email from Anna. Hey, Anna. Hello. I found you guys right before COVID. Okay. And love your show. Thank you. I love your thoughtfulness. Well, we try. Banter. Ah, we do banter. And your honesty. Hey. I was really enjoying your review of Candyman okay. 2021. I love your horror months. Until Jane Goodall came up. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Please explain what sounded like a diss to me. Anna. Oh, I don't think it was it. If it was a diss, if it sounded like a diss, it certainly wasn't a diss. Was it Lynn? <laughs> no. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a diss. If I remember correctly, as Vincent has reminded me, somewhere during the review, you had made mention to Yaya Abdul Mateen's character listening to the tapes of uh Virginia Matt Madsen's character, Helen. From, right, from the original Candyman. And then we talked about how inadvertently and and perhaps a bit deliberately because mm-hmm. again we were talking about how much Wes Craven deliberately yeah was was dealing with that sort of white gaze mm-hmm. on in black paint and and we mentioned that that using that that tape sounded like some white explorers exactly in deepest darkest Africa from like the 19th century and the way they were talking then you said you like Jane Goodall, and I and, said and, like Jane and, and Goodall. I, you know, I think we actually said, "Oh, but she's for the apes, right?" So yeah, so it was a very uh, um, off the cuff, off the cuff. We were just thinking about white people in Africa, exactly. But Jane Goodall, obviously, or hopefully, obviously, yeah, it, it, it was not, not be, meant as not a diss at all. No. With you know Edgar Burroughs, there you, you know, go. Talking about. Yeah, so um, so. Uh, it wasn't a diss, Anna. We were, we were talking before the um, before we started about the the novel Dune, and you were talking about you weren't a science fiction, right? So so you didn't read any like the John Carter of Mars, like any of those books. 
<laughs> like John Carter, Warlord of Mars, or the Princess of Mars, or <laughs> or or like, did you read any of the Venus book? Remember Carson of Venus? Mm, yeah, kind of like knockoffs of John Carter of yeah, Mars. Yeah. Um, no, here. Okay, oh you're going God. to shame me, mercilessly. Have, have, I, have I touched a chord by mentioning John Carter, Warlord of Mars? No, you're just going to shame me. I know it. Okay, because because but I don't care because I'm I'm willing to admit it. Right, 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 right. And, As, you, and you stand strong. I stand strong in your nerdity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, yo, I'm a nerd. I know that. Black triple. Nerd core. Head of the black triple. That's right. But. Okay. As I told you, I'm a comic book guy. Okay. I, fair. I grew up on comic books and they were really my entryway into science fiction. Okay. And my other entryway into science fiction was television. Absolutely. Okay. Right? So science fiction books, I didn't really read a whole lot of. Except Okay. Is this where the shame's gonna come? This is where the shame so far, comes. I think you're on solid ground. And, and mind you, I was a kid. Okay. There were these series of books, and I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. It was about this kid who was like this super smart scientist. Okay. Who had like a family that were like uber rich, but they were also like a family of scientists. I think he was like called Tommy Tomorrow or something like that. And his books dealt with him having kind of like science fiction type adventures in that way okay he was almost like the hardy boys but he was his were sci-fi okay i read those as a kid i like those that's pretty much as far as my literary science fiction goes other, other than that it was comic books that's that bad and like, movies i was waiting for you to say something crazy you actually let me down a little bit. I was all ready for, to shame you. Really? I did. I had my bell. <laughs> you had to shame, shame. Shame. And now the bell goes unrung. Oh, well, good. Good. Thank you. Uh, I feel better. But I keep it at the ready. I'm sure you do. Well, I keep it at the you ready. You keep it in a holster. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the scary part. Right, right. In a holster for your bell. But no, no Jane Goodall diss. It was not a Jane Goodall diss. Jane Goodall is all good. Here on the Michelle Mission. Yes. We also got an email from Ellis Heron. Hey, what's up, Ellis? Did we, did we just talk to Ellis a few we, weeks we ago? We just talked to Ellis yeah. via email the other day. Again, Ellis. Bringing up his delight that we might be watching uh, Twa. <laughs> but he sends another email uh, with the subject line of passing the torch with Candyman. Okay. I appreciated your review of Candyman last week. As usual, you gave thoughtful insight to each of your perspectives on the film. One fact you and many other reviewers out there keep pointing out is the movie was too short. Yes. If they had more time to expand on the Candyman mythology and story, it would have been a much deeper film. One thing you pointed out that I didn't notice was that it felt like a chunk of the movie was missing. After Anthony found out the truth from his mom and disappeared into that house, what the hell happened after that? Right, right. I'll admit, the movie had me when I noticed it appeared that no people of color were being killed in the movie until the sister got killed in the bathroom. Until the sister got killed in the bathroom. It looked like they were going somewhere with the kills. Yeah. But then it got derailed for me after that. I mean, look, a fair point. Look, they did call them now. 
I, I know, but still. Look, man. But, but the look, movie is setting up look, that Candyman is killing no, for purpose. No, no, yes. And the purpose is keep my name out your mouth. Okay, yes. But the purpose was a little bit more than that look, as the film was being set up. Look, now, the, on, the, only, the, only, the only thing that you have on your side is that the killings of white people that we saw. Right were by this newer manifestation of Candyman. Right. And the black the the sister that was killed in the in the bathroom was killed by like 70s Candyman. Yeah, was killed 70s by 70s Candyman. Past so, Candyman. So you so, think it, it wasn't Tony Todd Candyman. Well, well, the thing is we don't know what that Candyman's necessary motivation was. Right. You could maybe think that Anthony slash Candyman's motivation of killing all these White people, especially considering the white people that he, he I was about to say, because he, he wasn't just indiscriminately killing white people. Well, he's not. Like, he was actually killing well, the he, people well, who he, were into that exploitive relationship with black pain. Except when he kills the white girls in the restaurant. No, remember oh, no, because they were picking they, on the girl. And That's right. And the, the one girl had come to the exhibit. That's right. Which is how she knew about it. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so you can argue... You could argue that, but mm-hmm. 70s Candyman, the argument could be made that she, he killed the, the little black girl in the bathroom because, like you said, his name look, was in the mouth. Look, again, Candyman is the easiest. Like, he's the easiest dude to avoid. Mm. Like, every Candyman movie should be 20 minutes long. Right. Just don't say his name. <laughs> Leave him alone. I know, but sometimes it's not, you know, it's that candy. Tastes like candy. Anyway. All right. uh, Ellis continues. Ellis continues. I know I brought up my mother-in-law in in my last letter, but she and I talk movies quite a bit. Oh, that's all right. With that, I ended up agreeing with Vincent's opinion of the movie, while she agrees with Len. Oh. You know what it sounds like to me? Ellis and his mother-in-law should have a film podcast. Man, we don't need no more competition out there. Sure we do. The more voices, the better. Okay. I'm pro Ellis and his mother-in-law having a podcast. All right. Sure. Yeah, we'll see what he says off the mic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, As for passing the torch from Denzel. Okay. I like to enter Michael B. Jordan. B. Jordan into the evidence. Like Denzel, he got his start in TV, is a proven leading man, producer, about to be a director, has been People Magazine's sexiest man alive, and has had critical acclaim with award recognition outside of the Globes and Oscars. Thanks again for the great reviews and commentary. Ellis Heron from Fort Worth. P.S. Monica Calhoun was in Twa 2 colon Pandora's box <laughs> and not the original. I'm sure you're not going to review that or Twa 3 colon the escort <laughs> since they both went straight to video even though I'd love to hear you tear them both wait, apart. Wait. Monica Calhoun wasn't in the first Twa? No, she was in Twa 2 colon Pandora's box. Who was in Twa? Well, first of all, I find it interesting that this means that you, in some way, watch Twa 2. No. Mm. Okay, first mm. of all, I did. <laughs> but let's be clear. 
I'm a fan of Monica Calhoun. <laughs> oh, so so you know that's that's what got me to. So you was walking through walking through Blockbuster right, that right, day. Right. You're like so- the Monica Calhoun <laughs> section. <laughs> it's like that in Gang of Roses. <laughs> And the 10 minutes combined that she's in the best man in the best man holiday. <laughs> Do my girl so dirty. I just want to see the Monica Calhoun section of Blockbuster. <laughs> Who's in Trois? I see. Okay. Now I got to look it up. I really did think Monica Calhoun now was I gotta in Trois. I got to look it up. So who's in the first Trois? Who what? are the three people in Trois? <laughs> who I'm makes assuming up? it's three people. Who, who are the Trois? Who? In Twa. Who are who is the trio in Twa? Uh Twa. <laughs> watching this. Um stars uh your favorite and mine, Gary Dordan. I thought he was in the third Twa. He's th- in the first Twa. I think like like uh I think he comes back for Twa <laughs> I did not know that because he's always gonna be Shaza to me. I did not know that Shaza is in the first Twa. Yes. He Who was, else? Uh, Gretchen Palmer. Where do I know her from? Uh, Gretchen Palmer, you know from the Parkers. She probably was also in Parker. Fast Forward. Okay, Fast Forward. I, I probably know her from. Yeah, you may not know her from there. Right. And Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore is in Twilight. That's right. That's right. Uh, Kenya Moore, who I believe, if I'm correct, wasn't she like a? Um, she was a Miss Um a, a Miss, Miss USA, a, USA Miss Universe. Miss, yeah. No, she won Miss USA. So she it's missed, two women in Trois? I thought it was two dudes. No, I knew it woman. was two women. I knew it was two women. I knew that. And I couldn't remember which one Kenya Moore was in. But um, So I, I never wanted to say that. But Kenya Moore was in the first one. Okay. She she was the original Trois. She was the original. The original Trois saw Gary Dordain, <laughs> Gretchen Palmer, and Ken, Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore. There you go. All right? There so, you go. So that is that is uh, that it. That is. <laughs> and no, he's not. And, and Gary Dordan, let's give him his props. He is not in <laughs> Twa Three. You know who is in Twa in 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 Twa Three? Well, Twa <laughs> colon the escort. the escort. Because remember, it, it was it was a spinoff. It's like Twa presents <laughs> escort. Um, who is it? Brian White, Patrice Fisher, Reagan Gomez, Preston. I believe they make the trois. They That's the trois. But there's this very special guest appearance by Isaiah Washington. <laughs> that's a damn shame. He'd have kept his mouth shut. He'd have still had an actual career. Right. Right. And I actually like Brian White and uh, Reagan Gomez. I didn't know who that third person was, but. Okay, and now we have to see the the see who was on the call sheet for Twa too. Besides Monica Calhoun, Pandora's box. Yeah, so it's Monica Calhoun. Starring alongside Monica Calhoun, we have Michael Jai White. Oh, Black Dynamite is in Twa too. Hmm. Um. Here's 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 a favorite of yours, Vince. Christoph Saint John is Christoph Saint John in Twa too. Uh, yes, obviously. Before Queen Sugar, <laughs> no, no, no. Christoph St. John is is he was on a soap opera. I he just, he, isn't he? No, no he's not. You're he, right. Because right, right. he just passed. That's right. That's a, right. a few months ago. That's right. That's right. My, my wife watches Young and the Restless. This this was a situation in my house. 
That's right. He was on The Young and the Restless. Yeah. Oh, I know he was he on The Young and the Restless. Played Neil. Yes, he did. From 1991 to 2019. Yes. But somewhere in there, he fit time. Somewhere in there, he was in Twa, too. Colon. Twa hard. Pandora's box. And he was there alongside, alongside Joey Lawrence. <laughs> I didn't know white people got to be in Twa. Maybe he rented them the room. Trying, and, trying to expand their, their fan base. And Tyson Beckford. Tyson Beckford, also in Twa. Also in Twa. Hmm, that was a... That's a lot of that was a lot of twas that you just yeah, that's did. A quad. Or six. Uh, what's what's it, and I didn't even mention it's two twas. <laughs> it's a duo of twas. It's a twa duet. It's a sextet. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> I can't. It's a hexagon. It's a hexagon. A hexagon of sexiness. Oh God! And probably some type of rash. That's oh. a lot of people. Oh, God. somebody's gonna have to get a rash. <laughs> Be quiet. Why are you scratching like that? No reason. <laughs> Twelve four the scab. <laughs> Twelve five. Let's go buy some cranberry juice. <laughs> That'll clear that right up. Twelve five. Benadryl dreams. <laughs> oh God! Oh boy! Oh, oh Lord! Anyway, <laughs> all right. So those are our emails. Those are thank the, you, Ellis. Thank you, Ellis. Thank uh, you for for the email. Oh, uh, real quick, just about his his point about passing the torch from Denzel. He'd like to. Offer Michael B. Jordan. Yes. In there. Where Where do you stand on Michael B. Jordan? You know, I love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I love Michael B. Jordan. Um, I th- I think I I like how he does different things. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I've I've I appreciate the action star Michael B. Jordan that he has added to his portfolio. Yeah. Well, he's got broad shoulders, right? So. But but between between the wire. Mm-hmm. And Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. and um, Fruitville Station. Yeah. Like, I'm always, like, I always know he has the chops to actually act mm-hmm. when he wants to. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. 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 Fan. I, I like Michael. I, and I like the way that he's, you know, seems to be managing his career, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. And I enjoyed the first Creed a great deal. I did too. I didn't really. And I thought the second Creed was all right. I thought the second Creed was all right. I, mean, I don't you know, know if I'll return. returns, but I don't know if I'll return for Creed three. Right. But, um, oh, of course I'll return for Creed three. I mean, eventually. Yeah. We have to. Right. Well, we haven't done any of the creeds. We, we are creedless. Really? We have not. We have not rolled up that creed yet. All right. Well, we need to. Yeah. In time. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Tonight is the end of Bootober, ladies and gentlemen. Bootober, yes, it is. And we are doing a very special two-part review. Yes, yes, we are. So I guess we should go ahead and. So before we, like, so we're going to, and we're going to review one film before we get into trailer talk, and then we'll re- right. So let's go ahead and. and, and, and uh, is it okay if I say get it over with? <laughs> is that fair? Yes. Say, yes. get it over with? Yes. Let's get it over with. Yeah, so get, go ahead. You t- Talk about Captain Neo. Well, aren't you going to, like, introduce it a little bit? Sure. Captain EO. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. Michael Jackson plays Captain EO. 
who's the captain of a spaceship with a bunch of puppets. And they have to deliver a package to a queen. And they're singing and dancing and it's Captain EO and somehow they roped Angelica Houston into it. <laughs> and it used to be at Disney. And at one point, Michael Jackson's wearing a cape. And I realized that I'd never seen Michael Jackson wear a cape. And then I thought about the fact that I'd never seen Michael Jackson wear a cape. And it seems like Michael Jackson would have worn more capes. I would have thought so, too. Doesn't he it seem like he, he should like have? Like he seemed like a cape dude. Yeah. And yet, no capes. But, you know, I wonder if he worried about people saying he's stealing James Brown shtick. James Brown didn't wear a cape. Like they brought, they put the cape over. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that he, that it was still his thing. And you know I'm that saying he should, like he, like he should have wore it. Yeah, but Michael would have ripped out of the cape just like, just like he does in just the movie. Like he does in the movie, he rips it. But, but this, this is your look. <laughs> this your thing. You talk about Captain EO. What you gotta say about Captain EO? Here, this, this fourth, this fourth episode of Bootober 2021, Lynn. Okay, so Captain EO, and we should preface this by letting people know that Captain EO is a short film that was done as a 3D movie in 1986. Mm -hmm. So it was done with the with the idea that you're going to be watching this in a, a 3D theater. You're going to have three with, with special glasses. You're going to have all the effects coming rocketing out to you, and some of the. Uh, Puppets slash Muppets, because Jim Henson didn't do this, so they're not Muppets. Well, I didn't say Muppets. You, I know, I, no, but I, I'm. But I, I, word Muppets. But what I was going to say, they have more of a Muppet kind of look about them, but they're not. Um, See, now you're going to get the Jim Henson people mad at us. <laughs> no, not, they're not Muppets. Okay, okay. They're they're kind of they're somewhere between Muppets and puppets, so they're Nuppets. So it's an N, all right? So they're Nuppets, all right? And like they come flying out of the screen. So it's supposed to be like 3D, right? So that's the first thing you're supposed, you should know. The other thing that you should know is, as you alluded to, Vince, this was a film that was created to play at Disney theme parks, where it actually did play from 1986 all the way through to 1998 at different theme parks across. Across the world, you know, it actually played in Tokyo Disney as well, over at Euro Disney, as well as living in 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 in, in Florida, at the main Disney Disney uh, place there. And it was okay. a, um, and it was because it was more of it was the spectacle was the film. It wasn't attached to any type of ride, so the whole thing was that you were just going to go in and see this whole three D adventure with michael jackson and at the time for the film michael jackson did two original songs for this film so you were seeing songs that you know you weren't hearing any place else you're seeing michael jackson 1986 at the height of his powers you know some i said that is like you know prime michael jackson jackson mania right there in 1986 right and because this is Disney and because this is Michael Jackson, they are able to get their, you know, pick of the litter to help produce this movie. And as you alluded to, this film was, or as you mentioned, this film was written by George Lucas. Yes, the George Lucas who wrote 
produced and directed, you know, a lot of the Star Wars films. He didn't direct all of them, but he, he right, wrote right, right. a lot of them, all of that. He's a man. He's a. I mean, he's the, a Star Wars guy. He's a Star Wars guy. This film is directed <laughs> by Francis Ford Coppola, who only the man who has made arguably two of the greatest movies of all time, Godfather 1, Godfather 2. So not only is he a man who created one of the greatest movies of all time, he's a man who has also created one of the greatest sequels of all time. Some might say even the sequel surpasses the the original. Mm -hmm. So you have him directing Mm -hmm. this movie. Mm -hmm. You also have Angelica Houston. Not a huge, super huge star, but a name nonetheless, who has agreed to co-star in this film primarily because at the time i believe she was actually dating uh francis Ford coppola yeah so she's like ah, sure you know you're going to be there I, I can get a check too so she's in the film as well and 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 at the head of it you have michael jackson who i mentioned in 1986 is at the 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 apex of jackson mania i I just want an addendum angelica houston had won an academy award academy award when well yeah for pritzy's honor yes yes and francis ford coppola had won so there are two academy award winners attached in this no not attached involved involved directly involved Uh had their hands Mm -hmm. in the making Uh this is quite a preamble so so what'd you think of it though well wait a minute Uh Uh (laughs) wait a minute Uh We've, we've got time we've got real estate here uh, do so, we because the film's only 20 minutes it's, like, seven, like, it's 17 minutes are we going to talk 17 minutes about a 17 minute movie <laughs> I just I just I, I just want to give people an idea of exactly where Michael Jackson is in 1986 this is after Thriller yeah yeah you know this is after Bad, uh, I think no it's not after Bad Bad's but it's right before yet. Bad okay. Bad, come, Bad comes out and I believe in like 87 or something like okay. that but it's right before he's he's, he's building up for Bad right, so you right. know it, it, it's it's prime Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson we all know you know, was the star of all these the 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 the, the videos, especially from from the thriller um, yeah, yeah, from the yeah. thriller album Bad yeah, Beat It. Of yeah. course, the thriller. You know, the, right, the right. short film. Short film. Thriller. Yeah, short that film. That was thriller. That was actually about supernatural elements. Maybe would have been a better fit for this conversation. Some would say, I'm some. <laughs> So, but Michael Jackson at this point is also a man looking for a challenge. He's looking for challenges. And one of the challenges that he sets in front of himself is that he wants to show that he can act. He wants to do that because he wants to move into movies. Remember, at this time, Michael Jackson, this is when it starts bubbling up that Michael Jackson wants to do a Peter Pan movie and yes. wants to be Peter Pan in a movie because yeah. he sees himself as a veritable Peter Pan. It wasn't a red flag at all. Ageless demon who kidnaps children. <laughs> so he wants to... What were we thinking about? He wants to make this move into... It's like R. Kelly's a pod piper, Michael Jackson's Peter Pan. What were we... Th- what we thinking michael jackson wants to make this move to show that he can act so mm-hmm. now he has his opportunity to do this film which is written by george lucas 
directed by Francis Ford Coppola. He's going to be acting against Academy Award winning uh, actress Angelica Houston. He's also going to be acting against, I don't know whether or not this is a favorite of his, but he's going to be acting against one of my comic comedian favorites, Dick Sean, in a very short the uh, role as the kind of like the floating like head, a floaty fuzzy head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm a huge Dick Sean fan. So seeing Dick Sean, I, I mean, like, who is? Well, most people don't know who he is, but I knew who he was, and I was, I was tickled. It was Dick Sean. So he has set himself up for greatness. So what'd you think of the movie, Lynn? <laughs> it's not. It's not really good. Um, and I tried to look at it through the lens of 1986. Mm-hmm. And I also tried to look at it through the lens of this is going to be in Disney. So it's primarily for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, mm-hmm. it's not good primarily because for a couple of reasons. One, the story is non-existent i was about to say i was hoping you could tell me what the story was i I was like well maybe lynn can tell me what the story was the story of the of the the movie is that michael is called upon by the head dick sean i don't know he's the head guy he's called upon to deliver this gift to this uh Queen, queen magistrate queen? of was she was, was, of was she the queen of of some planetoid? What is the organization that I don't Captain EO is representing? I don't that, know. I don't know. Where is Dick Sean? Where he's dead? I don't know. But he he's called upon to deliver the gift, right? And, and, and we're left to believe. I thought that he. Would, would then have to go pick up the gift, but apparently the gift was already there. And Captain EO is both ragtag and infamous. See, I was going to go there because he's introduced as the infamous Captain EO, which sets you up that he's going to be this kick-ass captain. Like a pirate Yeah. Like a space pirate. Right? And, and, and that all these little nuppets that are manning his ship the two-headed nuppet and the and the 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 elephant nuppet who are a little scary in appearance there's that i can't believe you <laughs> wasted our time with this it's all set up that they're going to be oh they're going to be they're going to be a kick-ass crew but no they fumble the one guy can't reach the button he's jumping the kids the button and then Michael Jackson comes out of the floor. Where was he? <laughs> what was he doing? Perhaps he was a, the lavatory. I don't know. But he comes rising out of the floor to stand at his station. It's a station? <laughs> I'm just... just. Just when, just let me know when it's time to, to talk get, about Vamp. Because <laughs> this is disgraceful. It is disgraceful because no, that we're doing this. <laughs> this was a terrible idea, and I can't believe we're sitting here doing this, and you trying to hold this together. Look at you over there. Look at you. Well, the film is dark. 
It's very dark. There's no, there's hardly any lights. Now I understand that, you know, you would think with all the stars in space, there will be some light, but there's no, there's no, there's no light except Michael Jackson does wear all white, but it looks kind of dingy because it's all dark and it's very, it's, it's, it's everything is like, there's no light. Like there's, there's no lights here at all. So it's very dark, which makes it ominous. Is that what we're going with? It was ominous. It's, so, so, so it's, 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 it, it's trying to evoke a feeling oh, of, of, of oh, alien. Oh, evoke. Yeah. Trying to evoke that alien feeling. Oh, is that, is that what it was doing? Yeah. Is that what you, that's what you pulled from? <laughs> What I, it's what, I, what I think they were going for. That's what you think they were going for. I think that was the tone. I mean, certainly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you do see this ship. Disneyland and something for kids. You do see the ship like flying through space and mm, pull from alien. And it, it, it kind of definitely tries to have some Star Wars type of imagery there. Sure, as it sure. Flies alongside like a huge pew, ship pew, alongside. Pew, 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 pew. And it's got a wing, you know, sail. Right, right, that little right. elephant guy can't yeah, reach hit the, the button, button for it. Hit the button. And you can't hit, hit the button. Hit the button. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. This yeah. is, this and that's <laughs> what I needed. I have nothing to add. But here's my hot take from this oh movie. Oh my god. Here's my hot take from this movie. All right. Because I think it's very interesting, Angelica Houston and Dick Sean aside. Because Dick Sean, at this point in his career, he's not the comedic you know, no. like, yeah, star sure. that he once was. Old so Hollywood, though. He's old Hollywood. Right, right. So he's taking a check. I'll do a floaty sure. head, whatever. Sure. Angelica Houston dating Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola. Doing her man a right, solid, right? And I would say Dick Sean was probably doing somebody, probably a solid. doing somebody like, this a solid. Felt very buddy buddy, yeah, or yeah. paying a bill. Yeah, he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this will pay a bill. Yeah, Angelica Houston doing her doing her man a solid, totally doing her man a solid because yeah. she maybe has five lines in the entire movie. Right, 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 right. And, and and she has an Oscar, so I knew she got something else to do. She's got plenty else yeah. to do. So this was a day. Yeah, it was a day that she came to the set and it was like. Oh, I mean, was baby. that her in the makeup though? I See, could, I, I, couldn't I, I, I could because the couldn't tell. makeup it didn't look like her, but, right? But you don't see anybody right. in the in, else in the cast, right. so I'm thinking that it was her. Which, to that point, then the makeup was actually pretty good because it didn't look like her, right? But then when she transforms at the end, you right. can it definitely see Angelica it. Houston, but she doesn't Academy have a line at that actress Angelica Houston, yes, opposite Michael Jackson, opposite Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. What's your hot take? Here's my hot take. I think it's very interesting. That this film stars Michael Jackson, written by George Lucas, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Michael Jackson, we talk about. Huge entertainer. One of the greatest entertainers of all time. No doubt. Definitely trying to make his move into acting. Mm-hmm. Does not show that he does not have the chops for acting. Right. It, what little bit of acting he's asked to do, which is not much. He doesn't even get that over. Okay. He can't even like sound excited, right, about anything, right? Cause, so he's bad. So that's a a, a a hill that he can't he can't cross. George Lucas, visionary mm-hmm. behind Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? And you got to remember, nineteen eighty six. This is before the prequels. 
Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is. So yeah. he is living pretty much living. Oh yeah, on Star Wars at this time. I mean, he, he can stop. Well, he can stop. I mean, I mean, and not, not. I'm not saying he should have stopped. I'm right. saying, but he could have stopped. He could have stopped yeah, if he never did anything else. Yeah, he was absolutely. Good, right. He wrote this. Yes. And you can tell where he's pulling from his Star Wars. Like, he's pretty much like, you know, some leftover pages from Star right, Wars right. he's throwing in the air and stuff like, like that. you could crib another Kurosawa film for it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, and that that's my point. It shows that even in this little bit, he can't pull anything super original. Right? And th- that has, time has shown that that... It's kind of like true of, of George Lucas and some of his, his writing has been called into question on, right, on, right, on a lot of right. stuff. Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather, Godfather 2. He stopped from there. Gold. There are people who kneel at the feet of Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I, I was about to say, yeah. I love and, Apocalypse Now. And I and I like it. I don't kneel at the altar of it like a lot of people do, but I do like the film. Yeah. I, I represent that it's a good film. And he has some other films. I was about to say, I like some of his smaller films. Well, I think yeah. the only other smaller one I really, really like, and this is a, a, a deep cut, is I think I think he did Peggy Sue Got Married. Yes. Right, and that and that's a good one. Who but, did the comedian? The comedian? I mean the um King of Comedy. Oh, that's Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. All right, Scorsese. go ahead. Um, but outside of that, his stuff is kind of, he's kind of hit or miss mm-hmm. in the direction. Mm-hmm. And in 1986, he's definitely on the lower end of his direction. If you listen to any of his stories or even just listen to the audio commentary on any of the Godfather DVDs, he at times was like hurting for dough because he had like this whole vineyard type of thing, right? And he couldn't... Um, and his vineyard was basically, he was using that to kind of like bankroll some of his films. So I got a funny feeling he takes this job, which they threw a ton of money at this little short film. He takes this job as a way to, he's paying a couple of bills too. But I think this is also maybe a, a, a indication that Francis Ford Coppola maybe shot his load a little bit in 1986. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not judging nobody by this dumb shit. <laughs> Like everybody involved in this, except Michael Jackson, threw this together in a couple of hours. Like I hear your arguments. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would use this. Yeah. For the argument. This, yeah. Look. Yeah. If anything, well, I tried. If anything, <laughs> I am. I am fascinated by what was the name of the video that Michael Jackson had with all of the celebrities in it. And come to find out he was the one doing the filming. Oh, We Are the World? No, not We Are the World. There's something off of one of his albums where the video is it's a bunch of celebrities around. And like, where's Michael? Where's Michael? And then come to find out at the end of the video, he was filming the whole thing. I don't know this video. Regardless, I'm, I always chuckle at how there's so much documentary evidence that Michael Jackson was in the A-list. Like, he was, like, kind of in... He was a Hollywood insider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where no one can deny that they were down with Michael Jackson. Right. As much as they might want to now. Right. Like, we were all there. Like, mm-hmm. we all saw y'all chumming it up with Michael Jackson. Exactly. So, that's all. But, yeah, this... 
You know. It was the 80s. It was the 80s. And we should, yes, and, and, and you know. We, we I was trying to stay in 86. <laughs> so I was trying That's to stay in 86. Which, a couple of corrections. I was wrong about a couple of things. Alien did not come out in 86. Aliens came out in 86. Really? Wow. Yeah, Alien came, came out earlier. Like came 80... out in like 79, I think. Yeah, because not that long after. Star and I Wars. said Blade Runner came out in 86, but you know what I realized? Oh, I know that. Didn't Blade come. Runner came out in 82. Yeah, I knew that didn't come I out. I saw it in 86 because 86, that was my summer mm. that I saw. Like, like that was my summer where, you know, talking about the nerdity. Mm-hmm. Like, like 86 was the year that everything clicked mm. with me with the movies. Mm. But um, you sure you didn't start Blade Runner in '82 and just it took you to '86 to finish it? We are not going to get to the Blade Runner thing because that reflects badly on you. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Okay. It's I don't I don't I think it's I think aesthetically is a, hey, an man. extraordinary hey, film. Hey, I think it's hey, a boring movie. You stand on that mountain by yourself. I will. Like, right. I will. I stand. I stand there talking about Blade Runner and 2001: A Space Odyssey. 2001: A Space Odyssey, I think, is a better argument because that's just. It's, uh, so boring. Yeah. Well, I think, like, I think even then people were saying you should be high. <laughs> like any movie, you have to be high to enjoy. But are, are we finished with Cap Neo? You don't want to give your critique on. You what don't cri- want to ask me whether or not I sh- what, what recommend. Critique? <laughs> what critique? Of, what critique of Captain Eo? What critique of Captain Eo? You, you know my critique of Captain Eo. I respect how transgressive it is that Michael Jackson took the classic iconography of the werewolf and the zombie, and he deliberately placed black people in both of the narratives. Once you put Vincent Price in there, you really do have this very deliberate subversion. You're talking about thriller. Of course I'm talking about thriller. <laughs> you know why I'm talking about thriller? Because <laughs> that's what we should have been talking about. And you want to talk about Michael Jackson acting. You know my favorite bit of Michael Jackson acting in Thriller? Remember in the beginning <laughs> when Ola Ray, Ola Ray says, I want to leave, I want to leave. And Michael Jackson is eating a popcorn, popcorn. And no one has ever enjoyed popcorn as much as, as, much as Michael Jackson <laughs> has enjoyed that popcorn yes, yes. when they're watching the werewolf. all you see is his eyes. <laughs> when Ola Ray gets up and leaves, there is a split second where he looks at her and he is pissed. And then it goes away, and then the video starts, but that's the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I also love how <laughs> he breaks down the barrier between the two narratives, because at the end, where he turns his head back, yes, he's got the werewolf eyes yes, that was in the embedded narrative in the beginning, which was the film they were watching. Yes. I also love how unapologetically black it is. Like there's breakdancing, you know, Ola Ray is black, he's black. Like it's just re- like it's again, he takes this classic monster movie material mm-hmm. that because when we think about it, it's in the 40s and the 50s, there were no black people. And then he puts us in there. Yeah. 
I also like the fact, and I will talk about Captain EO here. Thriller is actually scary. Like well, it's because of the actually yes. scary. Yeah, yeah. Where this is not Michael Jackson making something for you know, oh, he's kind of kids, you know, like like later Michael Jackson, where like his edges sort of get sanded off. Right, Even like the right. Captain EO stuff, it's like, who is this pablum for? Mm-hmm. Like Pinocchio and Dumbo are scarier than this. Right. Thriller is actually scary. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's got John Landis, you know, directing it. Yeah. So that, that's 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 all the commentary I wanted to give on Captain EO. Well, I think is I think it is also, you know, pretty cool that Michael Jackson then puts blacks in space in Captain EO. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it in April. Maybe we can talk about it in April. All right. Are we finished with Captain Ian? So, so, Len, would you recommend that people watch Captain so, Yes, yeah, so, Len, would you recommend that people watch Captain Neo? Well, Vince. <laughs> we are still talking about Captain Neo. As a bit of a curio. <laughs> And for you hardcore Michael Jackson fans hardcore Michael who Jackson want to fans. say that you have watched everything Michael Jackson. Everything. And you probably feel that you have. Mm-hmm. But something tells me this slipped your notice. Yes. And because of that, mm-hmm. I do want to recommend. You would recommend Captain Ia. For the hardcore Michael Jackson For the hardcore Jackson Michael Jackson fan. Okay. Yes. You going to ask me? No. I'm going to. <laughs> you have to ask me. Vincent? Yes. Would you recommend that people watch Captain EO? I agree with you. I do think it is a bit of a curio. Not even just a Michael Jackson curio. I think it is one of those. It's like one of the few artifacts from the 80s that is kind of iconic. Like everyone, know, like if you say Captain EO, everyone knows what they it is. They kind of know what it is. Right. But nobody's actually seen it. Right. Wow. Because of the Disney and, and yeah. you had to go. And like you said, the funny thing is I remember going to Disney World mm-hmm. and it wasn't there because it was either going or it would like the theater. I think it's one time. Or, to, yeah, but right. Forward, it would like yeah. move around. So it is kind of interesting that for uh, people of a certain age, like Gen X folks, mm-hmm. like you can see it now. Like I watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and it was like, wow, it's Captain EO. Like you always heard about Captain EO, and you like you had that that image of it because remember they would have the ad. The poster is the dope. poster with him in the middle. Yeah, so you know, sure, watch Captain EO. It's twenty minutes. Yeah, and then you can say you did, and that, and then you can say you've actually seen Captain EO, and you've seen, and you know, you've seen all everything. That you've Michael seen Jackson everything, and that. thus we bring to a close <laughs> our conversation. About Captain EO. Yes. A film that has absolutely nothing to do with Bootober, yet somehow we're talking about it in Bootober. I was scared. Um, all right. I guess it's time for us to get into our review. Yes, yes. Let's talk about the Van. real movie. Yes. Damn. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
Where, where are we going? Uh, doesn't matter. What counts is that you're my buddy. <laughs> my day didn't start off too well. We be looking for ya. Are we chunky tonight? And then it got worse. We're here. And then, gentlemen, I give you Katrina. You're just what I'm looking for. Why don't you pick on us? It was a mistake. It was a little error there, a little communication error. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Let's just get out of here. This is not really happening. Hello, baby. God, you look awful. What happened to you? I was nearly hung. I got into a fight with a psychotic albino. I hit a cockroach, my best friend disappeared, and then I'm nearly assassinated by a runaway elevator. Anyone can have an off night? Vamp, a comedy with bite. Vamp, a 1986 horror comedy directed by Richard Wink, written by Donald Borchers and Richard Wink as well. Centers around two fraternity pledges who go to a sleazy bar looking for strippers to entertain their college friends. They have problems with transportation, biker gangs, and worst of all, the staff of the bar, all who seem to be vampires, with the head vampire played by Grace Jones. Mm. Starring Chris Makepeace, Sandy Barron, Robert Russler, D.D. Pfeiffer, Gidi Watanabe, and again, Grace Jones. Directed by Richard Wink, this was the choice of Lynn here on the last week of Bootober. Lynn, how would you like to begin our conversation about Vamp? It was very interesting in doing the research about this movie. Mm-hmm to realize that the feelings that I was having while I was watching this film were true because I felt like I had seen this movie before mm. and I had never seen this film before. Okay. But the reason why I felt like that was because there are enormous similarities to this, from this film to from uh dust till dawn, mm-hmm. the uh, horror movie by, um, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez, yeah. Um, starring um, George Clooney and, and Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino. And I believe it was uh, Quentin Tarantino. I was about to say, wrote the screenplay, I thought. Wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. for the film. Both center on these, you know, two white guys in this film, college students, and in, in that much later film and more grungier type of film to uh, bank robbers, mm-hmm. um, happening upon a strip club where everyone in it is a vampire. Right. And Quentin Tarantino, who we know is no, is a big fan of not only being influenced by past movies, but kind of reworking, let's be kind and say homages Homage. to those inspirations. Homage. 
into his films, um, you could see where he pulled maybe a little bit too liberally from this film mm-hmm. for, for from Dust Till Dawn. So that feeling of deja vu was rewarded in in the in watching the um reading the the history of this movie. That being said, mm-hmm. I feel that for a second time tonight <laughs> that I must apologize to you Vincent for making you sit and watch a film. I don't, I'm not going to step on your review, but you don't have to apologize. To well, no, I feel like I should because okay, well, go ahead. Uh, as this film, which I believe has a running time of a little over uh, like nine, uh, 90 minutes, like it's, it's 94, 94 minutes. minutes. Yeah. In the three hours that it took me to get through <laughs> this film. I was sitting there aghast at how boring Mm. this movie is. Mm. How boring a movie about a strip club (laughs) filled with vampires. A movie that at 94 minutes spends probably conservatively 70 of those minutes (laughs) inside the strip club. (laughs) It's so true. It's like, wow, we still in this club? We are still in this depressing (laughs) neon colored and apparently PG-13 rated strip club where the women on the stage move in a pseudo rhythm to some pseudo 80s-ish techno funkish hip-hop-ish ish-ing type of music but they remove no clothes no no no, they remove no no clothes. There are no no clothes are removed in this strip club until later in the film when they realize. I think we're losing them. I think it's a strip club. I think we're losing them. I just assumed they were budgeted one nipple for the whole film <laughs> to keep their rating. Well, I believe we I believe we may have gotten two nipples, two nipples, two nipples, two nipples a flash. But but they're keeping two, count. They're, they're, keep, they're count keeping a hard count. Count of the nipples. They're keeping a hard count on the nipples. Um, I don't think they've spent any extra money on extras because I think they just bust in people. Yeah, a yeah. bunch of old guys to just sit around in this strip club because this is the most. Dep- I swear, <laughs> this is the most depressing catatonic strip club I have ever seen. These guys, they they're not throwing dollars. They're literally like, they're just like, yeah, uh, barely throwing dollars up there, and then the. The acting in this film that is led, and let's let's put it out there. It is this film is led by Crick Chris Make Peace. Mm-hmm. 
who must be making peace with his maker now. And Robert Russler. Yes. They are our window into this world of vamp. Yes. And as windows, they are foggy at best. Mm. They are stained, probably. And they are they are just lifeless. They can't get over a line. They can't get over a joke. They can't get over a dramatic moment. They can't get over the pseudo-romantic moments that happen in this film. There, there's nothing enjoyable about their performances at all. They don't even look like they're having fun no. in the movie. They look bored in this movie. It actually looks boring then you have and i believe you pronounce his first name um ged or or getty 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 uh watanabe Uh as as duncan yes who as a character actor Mm -hmm. is usually you know pretty solid whenever i've seen him show up on you he shows up on television he shows up in in like uh, in movies kind of like in behind the scenes uh a few a few times but in this film, he is uh, he is just forcing it. I mean, I, and, I, and, and I actually double checked because I was like, oh, don't say some racist shit. Yes, he he's is. He's Long Duck Dong. Yes, he's Long Duck Dong. In, in 16 Candles. In 16 Candles right. from 1984. Like I said, I had to, I was like, oh, don't mix up Asian actors. Right. You got to check. But he is, he is he's actually and he's good actor. And, he, and he's, yeah. he's, he's good in right. that good film. Right. Super racist caricature. Very, well, yes. But, yes, he but, but, but what he's right, asked right, right. to do right. in that film, yeah. he's good. Yeah. Um. And then in this film, you could feel that he's not really being directed. And it's just like, yo, go be funny. This is two mm-hmm. years later. So it's like, go be funny. You know, you were funny in uh, 16 Candles. Just be funny here. So he's like, okay, I'll be funny. And he's not funny. No. He is not a welcome addition to this movie at all. So you land there. Then it's 1986. This film is like a whole lot of like uh you can definitely tell that it's it's shot on sound stages all mm-hmm. over the places so you're you're not in any type of lo- location one sound stage just one sound stage <laughs> that they just kept turning and turning <laughs> and turning um and okay it's a sound stage it's not a whole lot of money left in the budget to make this sewer We'll make the strip club. Now we got to turn it into a sewer. Now we got to turn it into outside. And they pretty much all look the same. You throw a couple of lights, throw some newspaper on the streets and stuff like that. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm going to give you a pass. You, you didn't have much to work with there. Right. It's whatever. The rest of the actors in this movie, um, uh, Dee Dee Pfeiffer is, eh, you know, I think she will go on to do some some other things, but she's she's not do- she's as Allison kind of like the 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 romantic interest she's in this a film. Contractually bound, right? Contractually bound love interest, love interest in this film. So that you can the, cut a, the homoeroticism between the two dudes, <laughs> right? Which is strong. Yeah, it's very strong. Mm-hmm. It's intense, but you still don't care, right? right um. Don't care. Uh, Billy Drago shows up in this film. 
uh, as snow. He bleaches his hair white, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, why? Why? And, 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 and you think they're going to be kind of like when he's introducing his gang, you think they're going to kind of like be connected to the story? No. They just kind of come running. The twist. Right. They just keep running in and out. And I thought they were going to be vampire I thought hunters. they were going to be vampire. I thought they were going to be vampire When you hunters. see the walk up on the vampires, right. it's like, oh, now we're finally going to. I thought we was going to be a reversal and they're actually good guys. No, 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 no. no they're just wielding rubber knives all yeah. over the place. No, yeah. nothing happened. So then you're like, okay, well, we're here for Grace Jones. We're here for Grace Jones. So. And the and the poster is all Grace Jones with the the the, the fright red wig mm-hmm. and the, the 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 white you know like makeup and then mm-hmm. when you see her she's got the body paint all over and the, and the weird metal costuming mm-hmm. and she's on this throne that's shaped like a man um, and you learn that the, the throne is actually a body cast yeah of her boyfriend at the time Dolph Lundgren. You know, from Rocky Four. What's his famous line from Rocky Four? If he dies, he dies. Exactly. So, so we're here for Grace. Yes. And and, and Grace, she's a stripper. I was like, oh, okay. And, and, exotic dancer. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure it's advertised as a, as stripper. a stripper. Okay, go ahead. All right, you, you know, <laughs> exotic dancer. <laughs> Well, you could say exotic dancing because she too does not strip, watch which is them, fine. Watch them nipples. Well, okay, they're there, I uh, guess. Yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, behind they're metal plating or whatever. Yeah. But you said exotic dancer. Mm-hmm. I contend there's really no dancing that Grace Jones is doing in this movie. Yeah. I mean, did she dance for her check? I guess mm-hmm. she got paid. She didn't say anything because yeah, she no was lines. practicing that, you know, she wanted to kind of like, you know, do it like they did in the silent films. And I will do this strictly through miming. Is and that your Grace Jones imitation? I've never heard that. It's my Grace Jones. Very nice. It's Grace Jones. Um, yeah, who knows? Uh, but so we're here for her. And she does do this whole dance routine, which... Again, took me about 10 minutes to get through because mm-hmm. I kept falling asleep. But then she leaves the film. Mm. And she really is not in the film. I think if you total it up, yeah, Grace Jones is in this movie a total of maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, I was thinking about 10 minutes. About 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And she shows up at the end at the climax Mm -hmm. which you knew was coming you knew she had to be there at the climax and so does she so she just shows up there's nothing in the story that says why she should be there except that you know she has to be there there's nothing in the story that shows you how she got there yeah it just tells you storytelling tells you that she has to be there and thank god she's there Mm. because she's there for the best moment in the movie. For when Grace Jones, as the head vampire in this vampire movie, which, spoiler alert, meets her demise, as we all know she's going to do. 
and disintegrates yes. <laughs> into skeletal remains. Mm-hmm. Grace Jones <laughs> clearly, not only with check in hand, check having cleared the bank, Grace Jones' skeleton tells the movie makers, tells everyone in the film, and tells all of us suckers who have sat through vamp. She raises her hand and gives us all in skeleton, dead skeleton, the finger. Yes. As to say, fuck you. Mm. I got paid. I got paid. Yeah. And that is the story of vamp. Vamp isn't good. I think you have to start with that. I believe I did. Yeah. <laughs> did you not hear the part where it took me three hours to watch this 90-minute film? said that, I understand why people are drawn to Grace Jones in Vamp. Like, Vamp comes up. Like Vamp is Does it? Oh, Vamp absolutely comes up. Like like Grace Jones and Vamp, like when you talk to horror movie people, and if you talk to them long enough, Vamp is something <laughs> if you talk to them long enough. Look, first of all, Black Vampire, which is 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 a short list. Right. I think she is a very striking image. Like, like I think I think I like I and, and I I'll say I didn't do a whole lot of research. Like, like, it felt like Grace Jones's character mm-hmm. was from a completely different movie. Well, yeah, like, like, like the 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 paint and the makeup, mm-hmm. and and you got these hints to this pretty elaborate backstory, right? Where right. apparently she was an Egyptian queen, or you know, it's a sir. What, uh, sir, 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 Roth, sir, sir, sarcophagus, sarcophagus, uh, sir, or sarcophagus that she sleeps in. Mm. There's this whole deal with they have like it was a surprisingly, and by surprisingly in this stupid film, well sort of thought out backstory about how they hunted people who wandered in, and they were teamed up with the police, and and I was like, I felt like. Again, this was something like this is a whole different movie. Yeah, that, that you're in. It's not what's on screen. And I appreciated the image. Like you said, she doesn't talk. She's only in it for ten minutes, but I appreciated the image of Grace Jones in the movie. Okay. Um. That's, I mean, the only other thing I have, I, 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 I did think it was, it was interesting that this is, um, what Getty, uh, Watanabe, Watanabe was in after Sixteen Candles. Yeah, because you get the sense, like you said, he doesn't have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, but they very deliberately avoided any type of the racial humor. Right. I mean, his name is Duncan. I get the sense. That that was part of his deal. You think so? I don't know if he had that much agency at that time. Compared to everybody else in this movie, he's the biggest star in the movie. 
Besides Grace Jones. Besides Grace Jones. Hmm. Is he not the biggest star in the movie? He's the biggest. Besides Grace Jones? He's the biggest star as far as like he had another he had a, a, another role, but I don't know. I don't know if they necessarily well, are seeing they him. They are trying to make that. Like you can tell they're trying to make one of these knockoff 80s teen teen horror teen buddy horror movies yeah you get long duck dong in it Mm -hmm. as a sidekick Mm -hmm. that automatically groups you in with these much better films right but again there's no racialized humor no which is fine Right, so you know, okay, you can think about sixteen candles, you can think about Breakfast Club and and everything, but but I'm not doing that kind of stuff. Okay, all right. Which you ever think about the fact that Anthony Michael Hall tried to kill a guy in Breakfast Club? Who he tried to kill? He was uh, remember because he brought the flare. He 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 brought the gun to school, but it was a flare gun. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this was yeah. Like we don't like you know like yeah. we don't really talk about it. Like like you know Mila Estevez was a jock and he taped the dude's butt shut and Molly Ringroll cut school, and then the one dude pulled the fire alarm. But Anthony Michael Hall tried to kill a guy. I feel like that's one of those things that has come up in the wake of the whole like trench coat mafia yeah i think it kind of i think it may have been referenced and we all just sort of laughed it off i mean well i mean dude think of how many crazy things like the shop dude was was giving him a b because he he couldn't turn the light on because remember he had to break down like it wouldn't turn on it wouldn't turn on and then he brought a gun he was gonna kill the shop teacher i mean dude this is the show where we've already talked about how sometimes we just turn a blind eye to signs that are right in front of our face right you know so and they made him. fun of him and joke when they made him write the letter at the end of the movie, but he was going to kill a guy. Okay, all right. And that thought, that exchange, was more entertaining than this whole movie. <laughs> and I really did like, like literally for like seven minutes, I sat on the sofa and I thought, Anthony Michael Hall tried to kill a guy in the Breakfast Club, and no one ever talks about. Like that was just. I was just, and he told everybody, I brought a gun, because it wouldn't turn on, and he was going to give me a B, and I got to get an A, I got to get an A's, so I brought a gun to school, and they said, what, and he's like, yeah, and it was a flare gun, and then everybody laughed, but he was like, he didn't bring a real gun, because he didn't have a real gun, mm-hmm. but if he had had a real gun, he'd have killed the shop teacher. And it's interesting that you paid so much attention to this thought. Because you did not have to pay any attention <laughs> right, to right, Vamp. Right, right, right. Because Grace Jones had went off. Grace Jones killed that girl, though. Oh, the... the, the yeah, um, the, the waitress. The waitress, yeah. It was weird tonal issues. It was weird. Because it was like madcap, madcap. And then she ripped that dude's throat out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a different movie. And then it was madcap again. Yeah, but you could also see. You and could, then she killed that girl. You could also see like where the 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 budgetary restraints, like because she rips the girl's heart out, but you don't see her like in any other movie. You'd have seen her right pull right, it out, pull it out. She just basically like punches her. Right. And the next thing you know, she's got her heart in her hand. Right. And then people are walking around with like like this balsa wood stick sticking through them. It, it's such a cheap movie. It's so cheap. The dude coming back at the end because it was um. 
It was uh, plywood. It, no. it, it was not plywood. It wasn't plywood. It was um, oh. for, not formaldehyde. Uh, for mica. For it was for mica. That genuinely made me giggle. It 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 was that it was, was a genuine. Yeah. yeah. Also, when everyone was speechless after that Grace Jones performance, which I was too. I was about to say that that made me laugh too because I, I felt the same way. Exactly. I was like, "What did I just see? What did I? What just, just happened?" <laughs> like, like, but I would have felt that same because I'm like, and before I knew she was a vampire, I was like. How'd she get hired as a stripper? This ain't sexy. This ain't sexy. It's just weird. This is not sexy. It's not weird. It's not even burlesque. Right. This is just... What is, what is this? And everyone just stopped. Like, everybody in the film stopped. Yes. And, and like, this was... And, and, but, but the thing is, is, like, this is the one they came to the club for. Right. This is why we're here. And then the douchey guy said, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go back. I was like, this guy. And Anthony Michael Hall was going to kill the shop teacher. And Michael Jackson put blacks in space. <laughs> yes, blacks in space. Ola Ray said, I'm scared. I'm scared. And she got up and went back. And Michael Jackson gave her a look. And that was a look all the way from Gary, Indiana. Yes, it was. Because he still That had, was his Joe Jackson look. I know, because he still had popcorn. So would you recommend Vamp, though, is the real question. I would recommend recommend Vamp in its um in its 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 Blu-ray edition that amazingly is called From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> That's the movie you should watch. Which is actually a fun movie. Actually, I'm, I'm real kind of Really? About Dust Till Dawn. I, I thought it was fun. Maybe trust too hard. Maybe, maybe where this had Grace Jones doing something. I don't know what. I don't know what. From Dust Till Dawn has Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Again, I don't think she actually strips in the movie. I don't, I don't remember if she, she strips. Yeah, I don't think she does. But you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. The other bad thing about Vamp is that it's made in a decade with spectacular vampire movies. Like like uh near uh near dawn. Not not near dawn. Not sure what you're trying the, to pull. The Bill Paxton film. Catherine Bigelow she, Near Dark. Oh, Near Dark. Is that the 80s? Yeah, that's like 87. Oh, wow. It's like Near Dark, Fright Night, Lost Boys. You know what else I like? What was the one with... um Lost Boys was good. You didn't like Fright Night? Fright Night was good, You didn't too. like Fright Night? Oh. I just remember the oh. ones that I haven't seen in oh, a okay. while. I haven't seen Lost Boys. Um, I'm actually trying to program. I'm going to get together with a a, a friend and maybe a couple of friends on for Halloween, and we're going to watch horror movies. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of horror movies that we can watch. Near Dark is a good one to pull. Near Dark, is, I haven't seen that. In a yeah, minute. yeah. yeah uh, how did you feel about uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? The Tom Cruise. That's oh Tom no, that's the Interview with a Vampire. Oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, that's Gary Oldman. Yeah. I thought atmospherically it was, you can't knock it, but mm -hmm. I, ultimately it just didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. 
atmospherically the the setting and everything mm-hmm. and Gary it's Gary Oldman but yeah, yeah, yeah. it just didn't it's just a lot of good vampire movies in the 80s is that a, is that I don't think that's oh no 90s. no that might be 90s that might that's be 90s, 90s but think. just that you know in that 10 year period yeah yeah near dark is a good one I got near that. dark is real good yeah yeah near dark is real good um, maybe my favorite vampire movie, Near Dark. Near Dark. It's either Near Dark or Let the Right One In. Let the right Let one. the right one in might be my favorite. Let the right one in. I haven't seen that in a minute. Too. That was good. Let the right one in is is that was good. Now that favorite I've, vampire. Now movie? that I've said it out loud, let the white let, let the right one in is my favorite vampire movie. Favorite vampire movie? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm a sucker for 30 Days of Night. Oh. You like the movie? Eh, it was a dumb, fun movie. It was a dumb, fun movie. I mean, the comic book is better. Yeah. But it was a dumb, fun movie. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. A favorite vampire movie? I don't know. See, see, it's a bad movie. But there's a part of me that leans on the 70s Dracula with Frank Langella. Primarily because I saw that in the theaters, and 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 I saw it as a kid, and it did legitimately scare me as a kid. Now, but it's a bad. I've seen it. Is that a Hammer film? No, no, it's not Hammer. No, 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 no. Right, because those are all the Christopher. Yeah, that's Christopher Lee. I like the Hammer. I like the The Hammer Hammer ones. I like the Hammer vampire movies. They're they're fun. They're kind of fun. Yeah, Yeah. because they're kind of sexy. Well, yeah, I guess vampire movie. You know, vampire should be sexy. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Vince. Uh, Vamp missed that memo. Vamp missed that memo. Vamp. Would you recommend that people see Vamp? I think we did. We covered it. Yeah. No. Well, I guess you go first. Would I don't know. No. No. I said just yeah. watch Dust from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. I, I, I don't see because even on the Grace Jones le- leisure, I think people pretty much go to Boomerang. And then you get your great. T- oh, and if you if you want more Grace Jones, you go to because isn't she in one of the Conan movies? Oh yeah, yeah, Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, so I think that her and Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, I think you, that that's it. I don't think you really need to go and then maybe catch a video, watch her on YouTube. You don't need to see Vamp. I don't even think you need to see her performance in Vamp. It is fr- it it is frustrating. Look at the poster because, like I said. I wanted to know more about her. It made me think of um Aaliyah in um Oh um It was an interview with the vampire sequel. Oh, I know the I know the movie you're talking about and I can't think of it. Queen of the Dam. Queen of the Dam, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. You know. I don't know. think I'm missing anything. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, you know, it's not you know. No, I don't think so. I'm surprised you've watched because you're not a horror guy. I'm surprised you've watched as many of you. <sighs> See, here's the thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> Octavia Butler's last novel, Fledgling, mm-hmm. is a vampire novel. Yes, and it I is. And I actually wrote a chapter in my dissertation on Fledgling. So I did a lot, oh, research. lot of vampire stuff. Okay. Okay. So much vampire okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. So it's not so much horror as the vampire. So much vampire stuff is in my head because of Fledgling. Mm. Mm. which this does have forbidden sexuality 
this this ma'am? like they leave camp they leave the safety of campus they go into the the sort of forbidden urban space i think it's significant that the two characters who actually get turned into vampires are the ones that go into this space that mm. they're not supposed to be in mm. gotcha. and engage in behavior that they're not supposed to behave you found that interesting okay. i mean it just it like i said it very neatly fits into the tradition of vampirism for transgressive sexuality okay if okay. you must ask if you must if you must there ask. you go so there you go. well there it's got that going for so it. no i don't like horror movies but i've got so much vampire stuff in my head okay well we'll have to so, take advantage of that yes maybe next next year next year for horror so i mean well we've done captain eo so we've gotten that out of our we've system. gotten that out of our system yeah so. gotten that out yeah, but I I I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, we we wouldn't we're, don't don't watch Vamp, ladies and gentlemen. That that's the that's that's where we landed here on the Me Show mission. Um, before we tell you, hey, this was episode two seventy four. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's, oh yeah, game one next week. That's right. Yeah, game one next week. So that Start. means, ladies next and gentlemen, week. Oh, next yeah. week. Oh yeah. The road to three hundred. Oh, yeah. B. Begins. That's right, and it begins in earnest. And I was gonna wait. I was gonna wait to tell you, but I, I don't even care. We are getting things, starting things in a grand, grand way, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, episode two seventy five right. is Vincent's selection. He yes, kicks things is. off, yes, and you know who one of Vincent's, if not his favorite, certainly one of his favorite directors. Oh, he's definitely my favorite director, Spike Lee. Yes, We're going sir. back to the land. Of 40 acres and a mule. Yes, we are. And we are going to be reviewing Jungle Fever. I got Jungle Fever. You got Jungle Fever. We she got Jungle Fever. We're in love. That's right. That's right. And helping us. She's gone black boy crazy. I've gone white girl hazy. There's no saying maybe we're in love. It's 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 no my Sharia more, but it's better than don't drop drunk. That's true. Because mothers against drunk okay, driving. Okay, okay, I'm okay, 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 okay. Remember okay. In the video at the end of this, like the dude is drunk, and it's even one that comes up and says, "Give me the keys, I'll drive." Yes, yes, yes. Not one of Stevie Wonder's strongest moments. <laughs> um. But we got a strong moment next week for you, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be kicking off the Road to 300, episode 275, reviewing Jungle Fever, and we're Man. doing it with a very special guest. Next week, talking to us on the Michelle Mission will be none other than actor, comedian, icon, Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson. That's right, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. That's right. Next week on the Michelle Mission, Tommy Davidson with Vincent, and I guess I'll be here too, as we review Jungle Fever. And I will try not to spend the whole time talking about cream corn. <laughs> so I'm running things, running things. Something tells me you're not going to make it. Stick with me. I'll have you farting through satin. <laughs> so I'm running things. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy Davidson helping us review uh, Jungle Fever next week here on the Michelle Mission, where we invite you to like and follow us on all the social media. 
all that social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Me Show Mission. Subscribe on YouTube at Me Show Mission. And Me Show Mission is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MeShowMission.com to check out all of our past shows and hit swag where you can check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. Email all of your thoughts and concerns to the Michelle Mission at gmail.com. The Michelle Mission, a proud member of the Podglomerate. They make podcast work. All righty. All right. Oh, man. I can't wait. I cannot yeah. wait. I am looking so f- forward. Tw- you know, I love the road shows. I know, man. I love the 25 leading up to our 100. I know. So I know. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing this for for a while, and it's going to be so much fun. We got a whole lot of special surprises, special specials that we're going to be doing. Oh, oh, it's insane. It's, in, it's insane what we've got planned for you. We hope you all enjoy it. All right. Until next week, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.